0: You're listening to The Daily Sweat Podcast, where we are all about doing something that makes you sweat every single day. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Daily Sweat Podcast. I am so excited to share today's episode with you. Today I'm chatting with Lisa Matthews, who is a local craniosacral therapist, among other things, here in North Vancouver. And I'm not totally sure if I've actually shared with Lisa like the weird synchronicities that kind of led up to the recording of this episode and what came about as a result. I had initially heard of Lisa's work through uh, one of my clients who organizes monthly meetups based around different health, fitness, and wellness topics. Lisa was actually a speaker there. And When I heard that she was doing a talk about the um, energetic connection behind chronic pain, I thought, wow, that sounds really cool. It's something I should probably look into because I'm constantly dealing with old running injuries flaring up. Didn't think a whole lot of it after that until Lisa reached out to me to actually ask if she could come on the podcast. Again, when she explained her story, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Didn't think a whole lot of it. And then I ended up entering to win a free session with her from a giveaway that she did uh, for the summer solstice, ended up winning. And when we, I hadn't had my session yet when we did this recording, I think I was maybe like two or three weeks out from doing that. But as we were doing this interview and she was explaining her own experiences and the shifts that she ended up making and what prompted those shifts. I felt so many similarities between our journeys and those similarities come with slightly different faces and different events, but everything just resonated so much. So all through this interview, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, yes, yes. Tell me more. Tell me more. Because I felt like it was just like a coaching session for me, basically. But there is so much goodness that comes from this and we go really, really deep into Talking about empathic abilities, energetic work, how difficult it can be for us to heal our physical bodies when we're not paying any attention to our emotional bodies, we dive into a lot of amazing stuff. And I have now begun my own 12-week healing journey with Lisa doing different types of craniosacral therapy and spirit work, and it is just amazing so far. So I'm really, really excited to share today's episode with you. To give you kind of more of a specific idea of what Lisa does professionally, Lisa is a craniosacral therapist by trade. She's also a nurse, as you will learn, and she weaves a number of medicines together, including spirit work, shamanic practices, flower essences, and crystal medicine. She holds workshops and healing circles to teach others easy to learn practical approaches to heal the physical body, along with the energetic practices to clear, ground, and heal the energetic body. Super cool, right? Well, without further ado, let's dive into the episode. Cool. Well, welcome to the Daily Sweat Podcast, Lisa. I'm super stoked to have you here.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm pretty excited.
0: Amazing. So we have a lot of really cool stuff that we're going to dive into today. I'm super stoked for our interview. But before we get into all of that, I just want to learn a little bit more about you as a human being. Who is Lisa Matthews? What does she like to do in her spare time? How does she recharge? Do you have any fun hobbies? I am someone who
1: loves reconnecting with my body and with nature especially. So while I do have my day-to-day life, which of course is everything from the cranial sacral work that I do through to nursing at the hospital a few days a month, but I love to get out in the mountains, bring my bike. Um, I started doing bike packing last weekend, which was hilarious. There's about 40 of us driving along with all our various bags and uh, wow. yeah it was pretty fine so basically if you get me outside on skis or on a bike or just to sit in the forest I am a happy camper
0: amazing I am with you on that I um, I've been talking to a lot of people lately and that's kind of the same answer as getting out in nature I feel like there there's such a shift where we're realizing that need to reconnect again
1: totally it's completely necessary we're built that way
0: definitely Now, I want to hear a little bit about your story. What brought you to where you are today? Because I know that you have gone through some things that have led you on your path, but our listeners don't. So can you maybe paint a picture of what your life looked like maybe like 10 or so years ago and how that led you to where you are now?
1: I would love to. So about 10 years ago, I was actually, that would have been nursing school time, but really I was in perfectionist mode. I was in overdo it mode. I was in don't take any time for my body mode. Uh, I hadn't learned to prioritize myself and my health. So over the last few years, especially, um, I had a really difficult time health-wise. I kind of went south pretty hard with no answers. So I can walk you through the journey that I had because it probably will shed some light on why I do what I do now.
0: Yeah, please do.
1: So it all began, uh, it all began when I used to do a ton of bike racing. Um, that was what I did growing up, mountain bike, road bike, cyclocross, track, pretty much anything I could get my hands on. And I really loved it, but I also really um, pushed my body to live sight. I think sometimes we're not meant to. So over the years, I started getting uh, just a little knee pain. I'm like, oh, that's fine. No big deal. I got a couple treatments here and there. And uh, about three, four years ago, it started progressing quite rapidly. Like, wow. It was actually the last day of my post in emergency nursing. I was like, I cannot put weight on this leg. Like, literally woke up and I'm like, what have I done? So I was like, okay, I'll just rest it. I'll look after it. And that did not help. So over the course of about six months, I kind of went from, yeah, I'm up and rotting and fit and healthy to, Okay, I'm having more trouble walking. Okay, on crutches. You know, felt really silly. The doctors had to be like, "You need to be on crutches. We don't know what's going on yet." And then it kind of went even more sideways, where I had um, some more symptoms show up. I needed to be admitted to hospital for a few days, which is really weird as a nurse. Let me it? tell you, it's like. You know, you kind of get royal treatment sometimes. You be your own room if there's space on the ward, but it's not where you want to be. So they tested everything. Um, tons of MRIs, all the blood work. Do have some crazy virus I picked up in Australia. Who knows? Um, but everything came back negative. So it was interesting because the neurologist I was being treated by at the time basically said from the very first meeting I had with her, you know, I've seen this happen before, and she, I think, prefaced it with, don't be mad, but she says, I think this is going to end up being something called somatoform, and i heard of that before, and you kind of roll your eyes as a nurse when someone gets admitted with somatoform, because it's basically a physical manifestation of emotion. So it's like what's going on in your head has created um, such symptoms in your body that, for me, I was having a lot of... Um, cardiovascular instability i just basically had to lie down um all the time I wasn't actually for a short time able to walk which was quite confronting mm-hmm. and quite uh shock at some stages uh, to think wow now what because long and behold after all the tests i basically got discharged with the diagnosis of submaniform and said you know, good luck, go see a psychiatrist and it's probably going to be really hard to treat and we don't know what your treatment pathway is going to be but that's all we have for you. So I was pretty like, in one way I should have been a little beaten down by that but a little little concerned by that which I definitely was but I was strangely empowered because I was realizing how lucky I was that what it was manifesting in me had not gotten to the stage of being cancer or MS or something else that has really taken root on a physical level. They couldn't see it on a scan yet, so I was, in one way, kind of in the clear in my mind. So I dove into the mind-body connection really heavily after that, and that's what really got me started to explore what else is going on aside from the physical level, aside from what we can see on a scan, because we are in an epidemic of chronic pain and of illness that we don't have real answers for so that was the the beginning of a very long journey
0: yeah it sounds like almost kind of like a blessing in disguise right you know so often when we go through these things as as painful as they can be or as disheartening as it can be oftentimes it leads us to exactly where we need to go now for our listeners who, who aren't familiar with somatoform, um, I think you touched on it briefly. So that is when there is something going on within our mental system and then that manifests in our physical body system.
1: That's the, the definition of it, for, but they've actually, ironically, um, it's technically a mental disorder, and they have taken it out of the, what's called the DSM-5, the Diagnostic and Statistical um, Book of Medical Disorders, so what they use to diagnose. So it technically doesn't exist anymore in the medical world. Uh, I think they've realized that it's not particularly helpful. It's really much, very much a label, um, but I think there's, so, there's a deeper level than just even emotional issues. I think uh, on the level of our spiritual health, we are not necessarily in a culture that just supports self-reflection and connection. I think in Vancouver, we're pretty lucky. We got a pretty open-minded city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not always the case because um, there's a little more to my story, which I'll probably be uh, a little briefer on. But it was really about three months after the physical breakdown when I was really starting to see some strides forward that I had a complete mental health breakdown. And that was in so many ways harder for me than the physical breakdown because there's so much stigma against mental health. There's so much um, lack of awareness and yet we really as a culture have so many people affected on a spectrum with mental health that we are getting better at supporting it, but I think we're missing a big piece of it um, because it was actually my family doctor, of all people, who I'm completely grateful for, she re-diagnosed me as having had a spiritual emergency or a spiritual crisis, which is not really out in the mainstream world right now and I really look forward to the days that it's more um, more accepted and acknowledged because a spiritual crisis is something that I'll explain it this way over the course of a lifetime in theory we evolve as spiritual beings if that's your belief in a generally speaking slow and in a manner that we can integrate but with a spiritual crisis it's kind of like you hit the rocket ship button and you have more happening than you can actually hold in your psyche. So it's a pretty tough uh, place to be. Uh, Other words for it would be a Kundalini opening or a shamanic crisis or a psychic opening or a spiritual awakening that's gone wrong. Mm -hmm. But there's so many levels to this that I think people are being affected by on... In one way or another, that there's not a lot of tools yet to work out how to navigate them. So, long story short, there has been some massive changes in every level of my, um, basically every level of my being that has now shifted uh, the way I look at the world and the way I support people in my practice now.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Um, and this, the spiritual emergency. Um, concept is fascinating and before we dive into that I just kind of want to circle back to your experiences a little bit and you know what it what did that feel like feeling as though you know with doctors telling you that you were kind of like left to your own devices you know go find a psychiatrist um, and see you later kind of thing like what did that feel like to you? there
1: was a definite flare of kind of indignant like what are how, like sort of this who are you to tell me this when it's I understand it's very demanding as a doctor but they don't have time to connect with you as a person and uh, on the whole many do an excellent job but so there was a little flare of anger but um so I briefly touched on this huge forefront uh, feeling came to the forefront of like this is temporary there was this super strong gut feeling I wasn't really into intuition or listening to what's happening within me at that stage. But I had this deep sense of this is temporary and I will get my feedback under me again. So it was actually a really beautiful experience to kind of be, okay, this chair tears your wheelchair really out and have still a sense of like, okay, this is going to be okay. And I think if I hadn't had that unnameable feeling within me, then uh, would have been a lot more difficult so I'm very grateful for for that showing
0: up yeah definitely because it could have just been so easy to kind of take that as like you're sentencing right and this is the way that it's meant to be and there's nowhere to move forward so um yeah. good on you for maintaining that that positive um attitude about it well it
1: almost felt like there was no other way to be yeah like i i fully appreciate the resources i had like to support me i had a really supportive um, fiance i had a really supportive family and i totally understand when people don't have those there's a different you're coming at it from a different angle so there's it's, it's a slippery slope it's easy to fall down and i had my days of falling down mentally <laughs> like oh my this is the worst thing ever why is this happening to me but uh, we're here to learn and uh, you know learn quick when you can't do what you want to do and a lot of us um, have suffered from these experiences and you know for quite a while afterwards it was on medical leave for about two years um, there was a really slow progression to be back to walking and back to running and back to riding which was amazing but uh, I think a lot of people have this internal feeling that they're like, I really want to do what I want to, what I'm passionate about, but they feel held back because of physical problems um, that show up. So it's like, okay, there's other things to find in life to find that positivity again. I, I took a pottery classes, like I find things I could do sitting down. So it's sometimes an active approach to finding a positive attitude, which is hard on some days and easy on others.
0: Yeah. I think it's like with anything, you know, there's, it's not all good vibes only kind of thing, right? Like there it's normal to have those ups and downs. Now you had mentioned that, um, after you were discharged and you, you started to look at healing from a different angle, you started to look more at the connection between your mind and your body. What was it that led you to go that route? Did you hear about it from somebody else? Was it like an intuitive hit that led you that way? Well, I actually
1: had beforehand in just my straight and narrow nursing career, as I think of it, uh, I'd always kind of felt like there's more to this, but I don't know what it is. There's more to this person, but I couldn't land on it. So it wasn't a specific event, uh, but that kind of inner angst and inner conflict uh, eventually led me to start training in something called osteopathy. And so I started for the first two years in that program before I became ill. And it was really this inner sense of like, there's something else that's going on, but it wasn't like an inspirational video I watched that made me realize, oh, I'm needing to follow this path. It was really this this inner uncomfortable feeling of where I was at in life, knowing that somehow there is a connection here, but... I was really more comfortable in anatomy and physiology and there wasn't a lot of room for emotions in that so it was really my own experiences that started to shape that view and through my biodynamic cranial cycle training that started to actually bring some neuroscience behind what i was experiencing and behind what i felt around emotions impacting physical structures because you know, years ago, this was all kind of woo, and I was like, I don't, I don't know, I can't really go there yet. So it took it took a
0: while. No, it's fascinating. I love the idea of the the connection between all of the, like you know, our energetic bodies, physical bodies, emotional bodies, and I love that there is more. I guess science coming up, um, to show those ties because it's not some woo woo thing that, you know, we're just kind of talking about, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's real, It <laughs> just taking them a while to get the tools for to sure. Show. And like, and it's the same with everything, right? For a really long time, people thought the world was flat. Some people still do. It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're all at different stages and that's all exactly
0: now, now that you're doing some of this for work, can you tell us a little bit about what? What your work looks like and you know what types of challenges you're typically helping your patients work through of course so i help empathic
1: and energetically sensitive people who have pain or feel drained or overwhelmed at the end of the day to heal on a physical energetic and spiritual level so what this looks like is yes you're lying on a massage table as you expect in a treatment session like this But as my hands are on, it's still a form of body work, I'm really tuning into what's happening in the nervous system and what's happening in that person's body and what's available for healing in that moment. So it's kind of putting the power back in the body and dialoguing with the body to have a voice again to say, hey, I know you came in with a hip issue, but actually... This crazy thing at your shoulders coming up and as I go to the shoulder that may spark this memory from a horse accident years ago and it snowballs from there to unravel this patterning that's showing up in the body so on one way there is a wave of what's called somatic therapies which is being in the body and relating to the body again and having a better sense of body awareness But there's also, in my particular side of the work, a little bit more spirit-led work and and holding space for the fact that while people, especially those that are um, energetically sensitive or empathic, they often have some pretty deep pain that maybe they don't know where it came from. We can explore a little bit more around that in a session coming back to the body.
0: Mm, Amazing. Now, with that pain that they might be holding on to, Um, what are your thoughts on past lives? Like, would it be pain from their current life? Um, Is it a possibility that they're holding on to pain from another lifetime? What's your take on that?
1: I think that there is a lot of options to where pain has come from. And first just have to bring in something that really informs my practice. And it's the idea that even with someone with pain, that the body is still doing the absolute best that it can in that moment. So maybe someone has a mystery pain. They don't really know where it's from. Mine, I've been able to trace back, like, okay, maybe it's a little from here, a little from there. But, and there's an instance that, you know, you can sometimes tie it back to an injury. We really like to tie pain to injuries, but that's really not always the case. It's often the brain's way of going. Uh, My sensitivity dial for sensation is really high in this area for whatever reason. And so I'm going to let you know that through pain. There's something to work through here. So in terms of whether that's from a past life, which is a possibility, but I'll generally work with what's happened, A, in this current life and also what's happening in their day-to-day life, especially if they're um, someone that's empathic and maybe absorbing a little bit more than they're aware of. We are um, starting to see a lot more people that kind of a little bit porous in the sense of their energetic body. And they may absorb. And by absorb, by just mean kind of take on what isn't there. So their boundaries may not quite be as solid as they could be I think we're always working with boundary issues in a lot of ways but I think pain really can come from a number of sources sometimes we may land on a specific reason and other times we may have to be open that the body needed to get us working on this level and this is how it's going to communicate that and we may never know the logical reason behind it but it may be cleared within that space that it had a chance to express what it needed to
0: Mm, This sounds so amazing. I have to say, I'm very excited to come and see you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't want this to like turn into like a, like a healing session on me, but just to let you know, like so much of what you are saying resonates with me. I have gone Mm -hmm. through so many injuries and things that are apparently hormonal imbalances, but still my hormones show up as completely fine on all the blood panels and everything that I do. Mm -hmm. And I have gone, I've spent thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars on like Mm -hmm. traditional methods of healing and nothing has done the trick. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really do believe that it is something on more of like the energetic or the spiritual level. Mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was was just going to say, continue.
0: Oh, Um, I was saying to somebody last night, um, even growing up, I was always told how sensitive I was just in terms of like emotions and feelings and things like that. And. I do identify as somebody who is highly empathic. And I have often wondered if just my tolerance for what I think I should be able to handle, you know, I'm type A person. I'm like, I should be able to do all these things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which I'm sure that you resonate with. Definitely. Yeah, and you know, maybe those of us who just are a little bit more sensitive emotionally are also more sensitive energetically and that that's okay. But we also need to find a way to like be able to navigate in the world and do the work that we're here to do, and still like feel good while we do it all.
1: Exactly. It's yeah, I resonate with all of the above. <laughs> um, yeah, it's um, something that you know. I know the term empath is out there a lot, and I, I generally tend to say empathic more for the sense that I think there's a huge spectrum. We are all aware of each other's energy in, in some subtle way, mm-hmm. some much more so than, so than others, and. And it is really something that is coming more to the forefront now. But my nutshell takeaway on it is the more we are able to, I'll use the, the present I, the more I am able to feel into where my physical body is and energetic body, the more I know what's mine and what is not mine. And the more I learn tools to release what's not mine, the more I can fully inhabit my space that I am here to hold
0: amazing yeah I think that's a really important distinction to make now when you have people come to work with you do you find that you're kind of like the last stop after they've exhausted traditional methods of healing or are you kind of the first first line for some people
1: oh I wouldn't say I'm the first line from any I'm I'm usually kind of like the last of the last yeah (laughs) You know, it's a mouthful, like, biodynamic, craniosacral therapy. Like, I could break down what each word means. Uh, BCST is a nice way to look at it. But, um, you know, because I work on a level that a lot of people have kind of heard bits and pieces about, but they haven't really either heard of it or they get, and fair enough, they get a little put off by the term. Um, it's like... They'll go first-line medical, which I am fully endorsing. Get yourself checked out. See what's going on. Get the information. And then act from there. And then there's you know there's a whole realm of wonderful alternative modalities from Reiki to acupuncture. Um, and I tend to see people that have kind of gone down that road already, and then they're like, oh, there's another layer. Because I work with craniosacral. That's my core modality. That's my core way of getting in touch with the body. But – There are a number of other tools I use as well, depending on what suits that person and what is organically showing up in the session. So yeah, yeah, I'm I'm rarely the first, but it's really amazing and humbling when we have some big shifts with such a gentle therapy.
0: Yeah, that's incredible. Out of all of the tools that you use, do you have any that are a favorite or is it primarily situational?
1: Really say it does come through situationally. I really love when, um, oh man, I would like, I love when this happens and this happens and this happens. So, (laughs) hard to land, but I probably have um, three main other core modalities that may show up. And modalities is totally the wrong word. (laughs) It's other tools, other areas, other helpers. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to the place where I'm more open around my spiritual life and saying that I do spirit work or spirit led work because occasionally information will come through to say, Hey, actually, maybe we need to talk about this. Maybe we need to explore something else. And that's information that doesn't come from my logical mind. And that's been a long journey to develop the relationships with spirit helpers. Mm-hmm. And man, they're they doing some powerful work. So I always want to see where people are at before doing work down that round. Cause I'm pretty big on full disclosure and content. Hey, are you interested in working in other realms? Not so much. Okay, great. So far, everybody has been well and truly on board.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: But, um, I work with something called flower remedies or flower essences as well. And that's something that, um, is that familiar to you or something brand new as well?
0: I think that's new. Like, I think I maybe heard of it in homeopathy, homeopathy, um, I don't, unless it's something different.
1: It's in the same, I guess, family in a way. Okay. But it's really just about uh, connecting with the essence of a plant and. This is really the nuts and bolts is flower essence has um, properties that help us with more our emotional and psyche healing, which is why I really, 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 really love them. Um, I started using them a number of years ago and it was a practitioner that used um, put them on his hands and put them on the body. And because of what I went through. My, uh, sense of my body has changed so much. So I could feel like, Ooh, this is really stuck and not moving. I wonder what he's going to do. And then he'd grab, you know, corn essence and put that on his hand and put that on what we're working on. And I'd feel the whole area just melt. And I'm like, what are you working with? Wow. <laughs> They're very much the energetic imprint of the plant in water. It's not like taking, so essential oils is like the, um, really, really, really potent version of the plant, like stuffed Mm. into oil. Um, And on the exact other end of the spectrum is flower essences, where there is probably 0.00001% of the organic material left within the water. But it is um, a quite powerful way to get in touch for, I have different essences for grounding or for womb healing or heart healing, depending on what's going on. Uh, back remedies, back remedies. Have you heard of those? No. Tell yeah. me more. They're the core flower remedies that a lot of people have heard of, it's like Rescue Remedy. You can buy it at Shoppers Drug Mart.
0: Oh, it's, how about it's that? is about it so, legit if you get it from Shoppers, or is it
1: wait, totally you know, allowed? <laughs>
0: Shopper's Drug Mart has a few
1: apparently excellent things in its aisles. But uh, there's something that a few people, when I say, oh, you know, rescue remedy in the yellow bottle, and they go, yeah, yeah, I'll use that on like, you know, when I feel really stressed out or when I feel like I'm getting really ungrounded, and it just kind of brings you back. Um, kind of a useful tool. When I was just getting back to work, because I started, I did uh, nursing um, for a little while when I came back, and that was like a big helper, because they're just, in one way a really simple way of bringing nature into our body again when we're in the steel and concrete world so I, uh, I really find them a really valuable tool but something that comes in some sessions and not others um, and the last one I work with is stones and crystals either stones I found on the river bed that have has something to say or just not a full crystal layout that's not really the direction I work in it's usually like one or two that calls hey this vibration of the stone or whatever reason it's called has come in and it may just be soothing for that person to hold or it may have some actual help to do um, with something that they're struggling with on the body so really it's uh, a bit of a, a weaving the work that I do of I kind of call it the more meat and potatoes yes I'm tracking anatomically what's happening in the body during these shifts but it's sort of like weaving what we know about anatomy, physiology, and the body with what we know about the spiritual body and the spiritual world as well and using tools from both. So yeah. that's why I really love my work. I, just oh, feel really I
0: love it. And I haven't even, like, witnessed it in action. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, <I'm laughs> as kind of a random side question, do you have any favorite crystals? <laughs> Oh, that's like the, the top five hard one.
1: Um, I really love, um, it's called Peacock Ore. It's mm-hmm. one that um, is man-made and that it's treated, but I've had a chunk of it since, oh man, since this all began basically. And um, uh, for for me, it's like my settle back in stone for some people. I think it it's definitely... Going to be the wrong fit. And that's why, for stones, uh, like, of course, even though I'm sitting in the library, what do I do? I bring my stones.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I really, yeah, Lipid Light is pretty high up there. Um, mm. Lipid Light is one that's really quite calming, quite soothing. When I first picked it up, I kind of had this feeling of. You know when you go to a movie, I love rom-coms, that's just me, um, and you get to that part that you feel all warm and fuzzy inside, <laughs> and you like, oh, it's that moment, and that's what it felt like when I picked up the stone. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I read about it later, it said something about, um, uh, oh, it brings up like um, sentimental romantic feelings, or some of the way somehow the wording was like, spot on with what I felt. But... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, those are two that are pretty high up there. Carnelian is, of course, a nice standard labradorite, but there's like sardonyx is up there. Yeah, you get me talking on crystals. We're gonna be here all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll have to have you back to talk about crystals
1: next <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, time. Next up.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: of they're cool. they're pretty uh, pretty powerful even just as as space holders to have around just as yeah. free- Oh, reminders. I've got some around in certain rooms just to remind me like, Hey, okay. Time to take a little breather and mm-hmm. others to help energize a space. So wide variety of uses for these guys.
0: Totally. Now, um, going back to the spiritual emergency concept, um, is this? I would imagine that this doesn't discriminate. It doesn't necessarily come to people who are kind of familiar with the more spiritual world and those who are unfamiliar with it, right? Like it probably oh, it, hits us both.
1: Oh, it's so. There's no. Uh, there's in one way. There's no mercy. <laughs> it's like yeah, from you know lawyers to people that are you know well and truly immersed in this world. It's it, it's there's no discrimination whatsoever um and I was I was open-minded I didn't have any type of spiritual practice before but you know I was kind of curious and was uh willing to learn a little bit more but it's kind of like the sledgehammer comes into your spiritual life and shakes things up
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: to quite a level so yeah, if I knew what I knew now, of course, things would have been very different, but that's not how
0: life works. Right. Of course, we go through those things so we can then know what we know now.
1: That's
0: it. Um, so what would that look like then? And let's maybe look at it from the standpoint of somebody who is very analytical, very logical, um, doesn't really know much about or jive with the whole spiritual, spiritual world. What could that look like when it shows up for them? And then what could it look like if it shows up for somebody who was maybe a little bit more tapped in, would maybe already consider themselves a little bit more awakened, um, but apparently they need to go to the next level? Like, what would it look like in those two scenarios?
1: I think in the first scenario, someone really logical, um, a little bit, it depends on the level of resistance. (laughs) and the reason I say that is because it's almost like the more you um, kind of fight these new ideas coming up. Uh, the more challenging it is so for me I had probably spent the last year and a half prior to it really questioning like well I should be happy I have all the things that I need in life I have a good career I have a, a good home and there was this deep sense of just empty and I'm like what is the point like why it was getting pretty like existential questioning without realizing that's what I was doing and so in that sense it can just be it can be a minor thing of realigning okay what am I here in life and maybe it's a smoother process for them to go through Um, maybe they start picking up a meditation practice and learn a little bit more and do some more self reflection but usually for us left brainers that's not the way, it, it's more like we go kicking and screaming, but it's like, and this is going to be for either group, that synchronicity starts showing up like crazy, um, electronics start going really weird, this is what kind of wears people out, like I, I literally, when it was really at its height, and this, you can have all kinds of theories of why, but I went to take a money at a bank machine, and the ATM stopped working, and then I went straight to my car, and the car battery died, and like, um, something else yeah. actually happened with my phone all the same day and I'm like and I, at that point I'm like huh, I had no idea what was going on but I'm like what's going on and some people um, can even have that sense of like I think I'm going crazy, I'm now hearing voices and it's a very sticky um, place to be when it's like okay there's a spectrum of mental illness and there's a spectrum of people going through a spiritual crisis Generally, when it's a crisis, you kind of go... And I think it's a lot harder for those that are in the left brain, analytical mode, because it's like you start to see this whole other way of living, and you want to abandon everything before. You want to leave your home. You want to leave your job. You want to leave your life as it is, because it's not... You kind of have seen the light, to so to speak, and you just almost don't even need any of the old stuff. However... We are much better supported to do things in a slow and grounded way. It doesn't mean we can't learn a lot in a really short period of time. And this is where someone who has maybe a better understanding and already some support around this and maybe has more awareness of, you know, what a guardian spirit might be. Maybe they have a connection with that. Or maybe they have already some relationship with their ancestors. And maybe this isn't new at all for them. It's just a lot And sometimes it'll show up more um, in terms of needing to buy a lot of spiritual things. That's a really common one. So all of a sudden, needing to have all the crystals in the store and my hands up. (laughs) And having to have all these things that suddenly seem to have so much more meaning um, in terms of the spiritual life. So you kind of want to break away from the old to such a severe extent than embracing the new. Um, you don't have a firm ground underneath you. So for some people, it leads straight through to psychotic break. And it's really, and without, you know, being scary or um, being triggering for people, it can actually be quite life-threatening because you completely can lose touch with reality, which is not something that people expect when they've had a peak experience, when they've had this relationship to god all of a sudden or divine or whatever word is resonating with you so i'm always very mindful if if i if i see someone really starting to open up and blossom it's like okay and let's still take breaks and integrate all of that let's still get out in nature for acknowledging the trees and not just talking to the tree spirits like there is a a path to walk with it Mm -hmm. and you know i it was only when I started reading more about it that I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is not just me. This has happened to, <laughs> of course, the only one in the world this has ever happened to. <laughs> it, it, it's still, oh, I was just going to say, it's still always surprising when you almost, you know, reading something else. Uh, a psychiatrist named Stan Groff, G-R-O-F, P-R-O-F, he's written extensively on it. So he is like, hands down, one of the ones I highly recommend. If people are kind of like wondering, okay, I think I'm going crazy, and weird stuffs happen, check out some of his stuff because man, there's been there's a whole other world on it, and there's a lot more information out there on it. But taking breaks, like when they used to, and they still do, obviously, but when there was a lot more in terms of. Um, people being initiated into a spiritual practice, if they saw this happening, they would literally get that person to run 10 miles a day or more just to literally wear off the excess energy that's coursing through them. So unfortunately for me, that was physically not an option because I was literally on my back in bed and not able to move. So it was sort of this like, now what? But this is all hindsight learning. So, yeah, this is something that's been around for years and years and years. We're just putting names to it in the Western world uh, and realizing that this does happen. It can be a beautiful life-changing experience and it can destroy where someone is at for a number of years and blast them open energetically.
0: Yeah. It sounds intense. Yeah. <laughs> and as soon as you mentioned Stan Groff, I realized that I've actually heard of the term spiritual emergency. So I had an experience um, where I was led through holotropic breathwork
1: um, yes, a
0: few it. months ago. Yeah. And when I went through it, I was naturally obsessed with it and needed to look into everything about it. And that's when I was first introduced to his work. And just like you said with the synchronicities I start listening to podcasts and then they're talking about Stan Groff and podcasts and all these different things (laughs) it's funny how things come full circle always yeah (laughs) now what are some suggestions that you have for our listeners who are experiencing pain or illness and can't seem to find any answers like what would you recommend that they take as a first step I
1: think the very first thing is to just shift the power balance from looking for all the answers to outside to just swiveling that little spotlight 180 degrees back to ourselves and literally starting, this sounds too simple, but literally starting to take two or three breaks in a day to feel something enjoyable, to feel If you're in pain all day long and you are housebound or you are in a challenging situation maybe where you feel like you physically have to, um, or financially rather have to work, but you're in pain, in physical, mental, emotional, but it's quite wearing to be in pain and the nervous system learns that. It learns that that is almost like the new balance, a new way to be, except we have to literally consciously come back to finding ways to have an enjoyable experience we need to retrain the nervous system again even if that's looking at cat videos like (laughs) why do you think there's so many cat accounts on Instagram (laughs) there's this level of guilt around taking time to A have a break and B enjoy ourselves in my work we call it resourcing other work too but it's like by doing that on a very simple level you are increasing your oxytocin hormone and oxytocin is very much important for bonding and for those feelings of love and happiness that we really need in life and it's like starting restarting those engines again retrains the nervous system and also allows your brain to realize that not everything is dangerous because if your brain thinks like okay i'm in pain all the time everything is bad that filter is really coming through it as more pain, more suffering. So bringing your power back to yourself and even just asking, like, what do I like to do? And and it's something that's maybe on the more body-oriented end. So I I can give you one or two simple exercises that people can do anytime at home, if that's helpful. Yeah. And so first one would just be getting comfortable in whatever position you're in, seated or lying, and just noticing your feet on the floor, the pressure on your feet the same, does one foot feel like it's not quite touching the ground, maybe neither do, maybe both do. And this is about being curious, not about judging. Oh my gosh, I'm not grounded. No, no, we're just checking out where the body's at. And then you can take your right hand and bring it to the left side of your ribcage, just placing your hand there. Your left hand is gonna go on your right arm. So you're more or less looking like you're giving yourself kind of a hug. And just noticing what happens to your body as you do this. This is gonna take some practice for a couple people and that's okay. For me, I notice my neck and shoulder muscles relax. As that happens, that feeds back to my brain. Oh I'm calm down. Oh I'm safe. Okay, let's explore some more. So it's showing your very core brain, your circus brain, where your lateral boundaries are of your body. Mm -hmm. Your left side, your right side. We kind of forget about our sides. Great. We live kind of And I say this in a non-judgmental way, I commonly see, and I have my moments, where I live about one foot in front of my head. Mm -hmm. We're always looking and our awareness is just in front of where we actually are. So acknowledging our left and right sides, acknowledging your back and your whole of your front, not just through your head often brings some tingles for some people. They're like, oh, now my feet are tingling, or now this feels warm. I love it. So there's really simple things you can do to just come back in, and you can be standing in line and do that for someone who isn't particularly empathic and struggling in a busy place. That's one way to cover the solar plexus to go, hey, this is my space. I'm just going to hang up here, not in a defensive posture, It's a relaxation aspect, not so much a shielding aspect, but just saying, hey, this is my space, and I'm just going to take a moment to turn inwards.
0: I love it. I will definitely be trying that next time I'm out.
1: Out and about in the world? Yeah. Yeah, so there's millions of little ways to even just have hands on, and even just if someone feels like, I think it would be nice to have a hand on a chest and belly or just have two chakras that you have your hands on and just be curious about the connection between your hands. Like I like to have a hand on my chest and a hand on my belly as I go to bed and just touch in and check in. And it's like slowly swiveling that awareness from outside to inside and just relearning our landscape on a sensation level again and also just on a feeling level, a energetic level. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty it's pretty harmonizing to the whole body to just really check in with everything.
0: It seems so simple and yet I know I know it can be so profound when we actually take just that little bit of time. Yeah, that's the
1: tough part. That's yeah. the um, challenge of a my logical brain goes, Oh, that's too simple, it won't work. And sometimes right. it's not about Like as someone with pain, it's not about going from I'm in a 5 out of 10 pain down to zero. It's like, let's just go down to a 3 or a 4. Let's take the edge off a little bit. Because even that, if you think of a trough, your brain has gotten used to feeling that pain, for example. So that neural groove deepens every time you focus and live in there. And we're unconsciously practicing pain. And that's normal. So we have to consciously practice feeling well again before we can start to really have some big shifts sometimes, especially for the
0: long-standing stack stuff. Yeah, totally. What are some of your favorite resources, whether they're books, podcasts, blogs, anything like that? I have, um,
1: for people in pain that want to learn more about pain, I'll often recommend... um, a professor, and there's two of them actually out of uh, Australia, uh, and they have a website called TameTheBeast.org, and what that's about is basically the more someone with pain learns about the chronic pain patterning, and this is just like chronic pain neuroscience 101, they make it not scary. It sounds a little like, oh, I don't want to learn that. They have some great resources on there. So um, change pain is also a really good one. Um, some great. Is exp- that a website? Yeah, changepain.com, I think. Okay. um .com or .ca. And um, yeah, there's some awesome ones for people that are like, ah, uh, it's just overloading. Like if you're already in pain or if you're already overwhelmed from the day, if you're overwhelmed on an energetic level, that's all little bit too much to go read stuff. My favorite YouTube channel is The Honest Guys. They, Sorry, can you, can you repeat that? Yeah, they, it's called The Honest Guys, as in oh, honesty. Okay. Um, they do a million and one um, guided meditations through to talk down to sleep, through to meet your spiritual guides. They have a large array, but um, I'm a big fan of guided meditation for the fact that we're a little too overwhelmed in a lot of our daily lives. So sometimes learning more is more challenging. So it's like, okay, let's just practice. And you practice by doing guided meditation. And if the honest guy's voice doesn't work, then just Google around to find a voice that resonates with you.
0: Um, Totally. There's no shortage of them on YouTube. I do a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost
1: like there's too many. Uh, What else? Uh, uh, One thing I haven't really touched on, but I really love the book in general Um, I haven't touched a lot on the shamanic practice because that's a lot of my personal spiritual practice. So there's a book called walking in light by Sandra Ingerman. So just in terms of integrating um, some of the spirituality into everyday life, I really, yeah, I acknowledge her work as as being really quite useful and quite approachable. Uh, I think I don't want to make spirituality, A, it's taboo to talk about when you have you know someone with chronic pain, and B, I don't want to make it inaccessible. So I like her, her book for like a, a really breakdown. It just breaks down some of the more esoteric concepts um, into what's really going on. So yeah, some, some starts anyway.
0: Perfect. And for our listeners, I will be sure to link to those in the show notes so you can go check them out. And last but not least, where can we find you? Tell us where we can find you on social media, where we can find you locally for those of us who are here in Vancouver, if you have programs, courses, anything like that, and give us the goods. For sure. Well, you can definitely find me
1: on Instagram and my handle is at Combination Healing Craniosacral. That's probably going to be a good one for the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love putting in there, not to worry. Uh, my website is combinationhealing.ca. And I'm at a lovely clinic called Lonsdale Wellness Studio, just at 15th and Lonsdale over in North Vancouver. So I can be found there. But I also do one-on-one programs with people. I do the hourly um, comfort session. But for those I really want to dive in, and it's interesting how many people um, that are already mind-body-soul practitioners that I end up working with, because they already are aware that there's something they need to dive into that's got a bit of meat behind it. So to create more of a container, I have what's called the Healing Journey. And that is a series of sessions over a few months and the longer sessions that give us a chance to really dive into some of this stuff so there's a little more support within that program and a deeper container for healing within it and my workshops which I'm super excited about I have a workshop called healing the energy drain and overwhelm tools for empathic and energetically sensitive souls so that is coming up in midsummer amazing yeah, that one will be at uh, Soul Sanctuary down in North Vancouver. So they're at, um, what is that? First in Law Sale. Um, okay. Yeah, literally like at soul.sanctuary.northvan to find them. It's an amazing space. That's where I'm doing the chakra series right now. You might have seen that on my Instagram uh, in social media land. So doing every month, um, fellow practitioner and I are focusing on one of the chakras. So we've done base, we've done sacral, and next up is solar plexus. So we'll see timing-wise where we're up to when this podcast is out in the world. And we're taking an evening to really dive into some knowledge on the chakra, but also experiential exercises to really understand what does all these words mean to feel the chakra on a physical level with a hands-on healing, um, that focuses on the whole body, but withholding that chakra, especially um, at the end of the night that both uh, my colleague and I will do hands-on or she does um, schematic work specifically. So between the two of us, everyone gets a little bit of a session at the end of the night as well. So oh, that's a awesome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so many good things. So for those of you who live in the Vancouver area, be sure to check Lisa out. And if you're just hanging out with us um, across the border or wherever it may be, um, there's there's so many nuggets and things to learn from her online. So um, as I said before, I'll put all the information for that in the show notes. Thank you so much, Lisa. This was so amazing. I feel like we could probably talk for another hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. This is uh,
1: just amazing conversation to have with you. And, and it sounds like there's some resonances there on a few different levels. So my... My hope and intention is that people can start to um, take some of these pieces on and realize that they're going a... oh, to. Hello, doggy!
0: <laughs> he was very excited about that. <laughs> he was. I've
1: seen pictures of your doggy, but just that there's hope, even if this has been a long and challenging process for someone, that there is still hope out there. So there is other people working on various levels; and they can find them around. Yes.
0: Amazing. Well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. And to our listeners, as always, thank you so much for your time and your energy and for allowing us to hang out in between your ears. We will be back with you next week with another episode of the Daily Sweat Podcast. Have a great day. Hey friends, you know the drill. If you enjoyed today's episode, please head over to iTunes and take just a couple seconds out of your day and leave a review so other listeners will know what to expect. Thank you.